Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Monday, May 14th. Hope you guys had a great Mother's Day. I've got kind of a jam-packed mailbox Monday for you today. We're going to talk about a couple of issues that keep coming up over and over and uh, letters that keep coming to my inbox and kind of a little bit of an update on what God's doing in my life. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so I am home from Boston, and uh, Jay and I are leaving actually today. I'm pre-recording this a little bit because we're leaving today with our four youngest children to head for Teach Them Diligently in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We're going to take a little bit of a little bit of a family reset. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna rent ourselves a car and drive ourselves up the eastern seaboard and try to get the voices in our head to stop talking to us. And uh, hopefully we'll have a good time with our children. I want to just thank you guys for praying for me. I know a lot of you have been watching me online, and I spoke out rather strongly last week in defense of Beth Moore, who I've been following for many years. And uh, a lot of people are going after her right now saying she's a false teacher. And uh, as far as I can tell from what I've seen, I mean, I, I can see definite doctrinal differences that Christians can disagree with. But she doesn't fall under the category of what I've been talking with you guys about for years over here at the podcast about what a true false teacher looks like. And I think we need to be very, very careful uh, that A, we examine our own heart before the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that uh, show me the truth about what's happening here? And then we need to be really careful that we're not uh, behaving like Pharisees. Jesus said that the Pharisees were like whitewashed sepulchers, like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside but rotten on the inside. And uh, it's been said that Christians are one of the only uh, people groups that wound their wounded. And so I, I came out in defense of her. And of course, uh, uh, then people came after me. And I think I was discouraged by that. And I think you probably heard that in my voice uh, last week. And I've, I've had a chance to sort of pray about it and talk to my sweet husband about it. And uh, and here's kind of what I'm learning as I'm out there uh, on the battlefield. And I'm always encouraging you guys Get out on the battlefield, spiritual warfare 101, you're going to get shot at. That's just the way it is. We have to know who we are in the Lord, and then we have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes when I reply to people, I reply uh, in my flesh. And so I appreciate you guys to just you know continue to pray for me, <laughs> that my witness would be, uh, would be strong for the Lord, because that's really what we're doing. That's what the podcast is here for. That's why I blog. That's why I write books is to encourage this generation of Christians to come back to the Lord and to follow him. And really, it's a great introduction to Mailbox Monday because I I, I get this same question over and over and over again. And uh, a girl has just written me, two women in particular, actually, who have written t- to me. If you guys have a question that you'd like to see addressed, please shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. I read all of your emails. And they matter to me, and I'm interested to hear what the Lord's doing in your life. What are the things that you're wrestling with in the culture? I'm getting a lot of questions about uh, the uh, the push now to move the transgender uh, and homosexual agenda into the public schools. It's definitely been unmasked, and I'm going to continue talking about that. A couple of things before I get to this particular uh, email today, because I woke up this morning and there were at least three of you asking me about different school districts and you guys are you're doing the hard work of going to your principals, getting online, 
checking out what's happening in your school districts. And um, I'm hearing from a lot of you who are very surprised to find that, yes, this agenda is being pushed in history. It's being pushed in art. It's definitely pushed in sex ed. And so one of you uh, or two of you this morning asked me what to do about that. Well, the first thing you want to do is get informed. So if you don't know what your children are being taught in the public school system or even in a Christian school, go find out. You need to find out. Um, And you can find out by going online. If you don't find the answers that you need there, I'd encourage you go down to your district's education service district or to the principal of your school and just say, hey, you know, introduce yourself, be kind and say, I'd really like to see uh, what's being taught, the scope and sequence of what's being taught um, in regards to the sex ed program at our school. And you can also ask to see what's being taught in history and what's being, parents, we should know. The Bible says in Luke 640 that when students are fully trained, they'll be like their teachers. And if our teachers, if the teachers are teaching our children things that are um, antithetical to God's word, then as believers, we want to know what that is. And so uh, those are a couple of things that you can do right now, uh, right away. Like I said last week, you can always go to sex ed sit out and you can see what's being taught in the majority of the school districts that uh, we are hearing from now across the country. Um, I was just in Mobile last weekend and uh, had a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, this isn't here. Um, Yes, it is. It's absolutely there. And the fact that you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. So I want to just encourage you guys to get off the bench, get onto the battlefield, head down to your school district and listen, it matters. Even if you're a homeschooler and you're listening to this, if whatever district you're living in, you're paying taxes and you should know what's going on. I wonder what would happen if parents who were homeschooling their children um, went ahead and got involved in the local public school system and just got involved to say, hey, waking up other parents, did you know that this is what your children are being taught? Because more and more often what I'm hearing is, the parents who are telling me, oh my goodness, I just got this email from my friend and and she discussed this. They're great parents who just had absolutely no idea that this stuff is being taught to their kids. So it's an opportunity for all of us to say we care about this generation of children, whether they're in private school or public school or Christian school or they're homeschooled. We care about this generation of children enough to get off the bench and get onto the battlefield. All right. A couple of questions I want to address today. Uh, the first one is a follow-up question. From a mom who I answered the first part of this question uh, way back in February of this year, but she had a second part, which I guess I said I would answer, but then I never did because first year we got the flu. (laughs) So I'm going to come back to it today. So as a refresher, she said her friend is caught up in a church with some serious false teaching. Her theology used to be solid, but now it's quite concerning. This is not the only person in my life who seems to be affected by some twisted truth. What is our role as believers when it comes to friends or family, especially with those who we have close relationships who are believers, but who are currently off track? Do we leave it alone and let the Holy Spirit work on them because we know they are believers? Or do we talk about it boldly, hopeful that they will hear our hearts on it, but risk the possibility that they will respond in a way that may sever the relationship? I know we are called to hold one another accountable and sharpen one another, but I hesitate to overstep or I should let the Lord handle it. Uh, I love your insight on this issue. Okay. So first of all, I'm I'm not the Holy Spirit on this topic. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you uh, what the Bible says, but you've got to be really listening for the Holy Spirit, especially when you're handling uh, sensitive topics like this. So obviously, this one's a very a very tender topic, and I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna read you another email that's sort of in this in a similar vein, and I want you guys to see the difference. This mom wrote to me, and she said, Heidi. Um, 
Uh, I'm curious about your thoughts on a family situation. My brother-in-law, my husband's brother, has come out to the family as a homosexual just over a year ago. We It really rocked our world. So she went on to say that they were frustrated by this. They weren't sure what to do about it. How they? She explained how much they love her brother-in-law. She said, we told him we always want a relationship with him and we would welcome him in our home and in the life of our child who just turned two. But we did set a boundary in the relationship, which is now a marriage to his partner. The boundary is that we are not willing to be around his homosexual behavior. So while we love him, we won't be around the two of them together. The biggest reason for this boundary is that we have a two-year-old. We take very seriously the responsibility given to us to raise him in the Lord and create his culture based on God's principles. Obviously, we can't protect him always, but while he and the Lord willing, our future children, is so young and impressionable, we want to be very clear about where we stand. And and then she went on to basically say that, that the response to that has been that they're being shunned by a lot of their other family members because this couple, this homosexual couple, claim to be Christians. Now, uh, here's the sticky wicket, because we're, we're talking about people who claim to be Christians. This is the important part, all right? So I want to make a distinction right off the bat. We're not talking about people who don't know the Lord. So if, you, if you're friends with a homosexual and they're married to their partner and they want to come, you know, they're hanging out with you, um, they don't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. Someone who's walking with the Lord and has such blatant disregard for his word and a blatant misunderstanding, a misinterpretation. Actually, I don't even know how you could do it because you have to be doing theological and doctrinal cartwheels to to um, miss the fact that God says to not walk in this type of behavior. And so, um, and the Bible's very clear on this. I, I'm not, I don't have the time to read it right now, but read Romans 1 verses 24 to 27. Uh, look at Jude chapter one, verse seven in Leviticus chapter 20, Romans eight says that those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So this is what I want you to understand. The person who hasn't been uh, born again, the Bible says they're living with a sinful mind. They, they're not going to submit to God's law and they can't do it because they don't have the Holy Spirit. And then the Apostle Paul went on to say that those who are controlled by their sinful nature cannot please God. And so the Bible is very clear on the topic of, of homosexuality. Uh, God says that it's sin. And I want to be really careful to remind you, as I've done many times on the podcast, the sin of homosexuality is no different in the Lord's eyes than any other sin. We're not elevating one over the other, saying one is worse than the other, but we need to respond the way that God would want us to respond. And so the question then comes up, what do we do with someone who is living? So let's say it's any sin. Let's say it's not just the sin of homosexuality. Let's say it's adultery. Let's say you know that there's somebody who is uh, evading their taxes. They're not paying their taxes and they're lying to the government. You know, whatever it is, whatever it is that God says is sin, uh, this particular person continues to live in that behavior. So what does the Bible say? Well, Paul addresses this in um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and he's challenging the church in Corinth, basically, uh, who has found a, a person who claims to be a brother. Again, this is, this is the distinction. This is where it's so important. Uh, who, the person who claims to be a Christian, who lives in perpetual sin, when Paul uh, addressed this in 1 Corinthians 5, he basically said to expel the immoral brother from your fellowship. And then he went on and list 
he went on to list other sins at the end of the chapter. So the question is, is Paul stating that anyone who's found in sin must be expelled if they don't repent? And I I think so, because the flagrant sin of 1 Corinthians 5, and, and he's responding to a, a guy who's committing adultery, basically fornication with his stepmother. So we're, we're got, we got a pretty serious thing going on in the church of Corinth. And Paul was frustrated with them because he said, listen, this is happening. And not only are you not doing anything about it, you're acting like you're cool with it. And the audacity of the sin that this man is committing uh, is flagrant. And what Paul is saying, this can absolutely not happen. And so he is he is saying, when you find someone in your congregation, in your family, in your fellowship, who is um, saying, I'm going to live in a way that's inconsistent with what God says, I'm going to live in sin no matter what I read in the Bible, or I'm going to twist the Bible, and I'll get to that in a second because that's the other email, right? Or I'm going to twist the Bible. Um, as the way I read 1 Corinthians 5, these are, um, these are sins that are grounds for uh, disfellowship, which is a very hard thing to do. And in the church today, we're really having a hard time with this, right? We don't want to enforce a discipline in the church to the people, to our leaders, let alone people who are just coming to our churches, but refuse to walk in a way that God says is right and good. And his word was given to us so that we would live a life of blessing and so that we would understand God's heart for us. And it is a, a dangerous thing for us to live in complete compromise to what God says we're supposed to live in. So um, so when, and I appreciate the email of this one, uh, of these, this couple who's saying they want to protect their son. And that's absolutely right. Because what do you do when you invite someone into your home who is obviously living in sin? What's the message that you're sending uh, to your children? You're saying we're cool with it, but God says we're, he's not cool with it. And so keep in mind, we're talking about, we're talking about Christians, all right? Men and women who claim the name of Jesus, but don't know his word and won't live the way that God wants them to live. Uh, the next email that the first email I was talking about, obviously, was the person whose friend is caught up in some false teaching. This is this is deep water because uh, you've got someone who a I think is incredibly lacking in their discernment, and uh, are typically people who are caught up in churches like this are going to start believing um, absolute lies that God says. Right, so they're going to twist the word of God. They're going to start saying, "Well, God actually doesn't care about the sin of homosexuality. He doesn't care about." gay marriage. He absolutely cares about it because God defined marriage. If that institution belongs to God, he created us male and female, the Bible says in Genesis. And for this reason, a man should leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife and the two should become one flesh. So what do you do when somebody starts to believe uh, false teaching? This is where it kind of circles back around, uh, at least in my mind, to my defense of Beth Moore. There are false teachers out there, people who are deliberately leading people uh, away from what God says is true, a God's clear teaching. We're not talking about doctrinal differences among Bible-believing churches. There are good men and women who differ on things like speaking in tongues and uh, tithing percentages and things like yeah, that. And yet we have false teachers who are actually teaching a false gospel, something that um, aside from the um, even the basics of salvation. And so it sounds to me like this couple who had been in a church that their theology was solid has now moved away to a church that is uh, teaching a false gospel and they are engaged in listening to a false teacher. I spoke about this. You guys can, uh, I, we've, we've addressed this over at MomStrong International. I did a Bible study on it called Five Traits of False Teachers. You can also look that up and listen to it. Listen to those five traits because those are the traits that those are the marks of a false teacher. But here is what I think. And again, 
uh, to the sweet mom who wrote me this letter. I'm not the Holy Spirit in your life. So I don't want to be the Holy Spirit. Uh, you've got to be listening to him. My my initial reaction to this is we are called to speak the truth in love. And I think our sidestepping the truth, typically we sidestep it because we're, we, we don't want to risk the relationship being broken, right? And so we sacrifice truth on the altar of mercy. There are Christians around the world who are being killed for their faith, uh, persecuted legitimately for their faith in Jesus. But here in the United States, we're afraid to be unfriended on Facebook. It's true. And, I, and I'm, I'm just as guilty as the next guy. But I think that the bold lies that are happening in the culture right now, the only way you counter a bold lie is with bold truth. And you have to do it in love. So listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm inclined to say, you got to speak the truth to your friend. You got to say, listen, here's what the Bible says about this. Take her to the Bible. Don't be a jerk, right? You don't want to, this shouldn't be something that we yell about. I think, you know, one of the things in the culture right now, one of the main problems that we're facing is that for years and years and years, we heard from all the adults in our lives, we don't talk about two things at, at Thanksgiving. We don't talk about religion and we don't talk about politics. And so now we don't know how to talk about them. And I agree. I think we should be talking about religion and we should be talking about politics. These are important things that affect our lives. And so you got to have you got to have the Holy Spirit respond uh, or you got to be talking to and listening uh, for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Spend some time in prayer. Get in the word. Talk to your husband and the Lord will show you what to do. Um, I, I trust the Holy Spirit's work in your life. And uh, I can tell by the tone of your email that you love this person and that she's a friend of yours. And I think as a friend, the Bible says, iron sharpens irons and faithful are the wounds of a friend. I would so much rather be told the truth by a friend than have a friend not tell me the truth and watch my life spiral out of control. So something for you to think about. I know these are difficult subjects. I appreciate your emails and I'm getting many, many of them. So I appreciate your patience with me, you guys, as I try to answer your questions here over at Mailbox Monday. If you want to reach me, please reach out to me via email podcast at thebusymom.com. You need to put Mailbox Monday in the subject line. Otherwise, I may not see it and it'll go into a different mailbox. But if you'll do that, those are routed right into my mailbox. If this podcast is encouraging for you, I would love it if you would share it on social media. And uh, if you you can use the hashtag off the bench, that's kind of my new thing. <laughs> I'm going to try and encourage you guys to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. The Lord of Heaven's armies is at your side. Pray for each other today. I will pray for you as you pray for me. Jay and I are going to be heading to Myrtle Beach for Teach Them Diligently this weekend with our children. If you're anywhere in the area, come on out. We'd love to meet you. The following weekend, I'll be at FPEA in Orlando, Florida. I cannot wait. That's one of our favorite events of the year. And then I'm headed to Homeschool Iowa for their convention. So we are excited to see what God is doing. And we are praying for you as you raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Take care, everybody. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.